Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I am, as always, deeply honored to be joined by my dear friend, Dr. Marty Greer. She just came off being one of the speakers at the National Animal Interest Alliance Conference in Portland, Oregon over Memorial Day weekend. She is the chair of the board for NAIA, and she was also a presenter on preparedness, ways to keep yourself out of the parking lot at your emergency vet clinic. So I really feel like this is a super hot topic with many of us still, even after the pandemic is now officially ended, a lot of us still can't get into e-clinics. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. Trupanion loves helping pets get the care they need. That's why they're excited to announce that they've officially paid out over $2 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars in veterinary claims. That's two billion reasons for more tail wags and treats. That's 730,000 pets that got the care they needed. Trupanion would like to thank all of the owners and breeders who've trusted them over the last 22 years. If you're part of the Trupanion Breeder Support Program, don't forget to register your upcoming litters for their go-home day offers. That way you can send them home protected by Trupanion's world-class coverage. If you're not part of the program yet, it's completely free to join and lets you send your litters home with an offer for a full Trupanion insurance policy that waives the waiting periods. To learn more and to sign up, just visit my partner page at puredogtalk.com. So, Marty, talk to us, man, because there's a lot, right? There is a lot. And I was talking to some colleagues yesterday on a call, and they said that estimated that the veterinary industry is 40,000 people short, not just veterinarians, but veterinary staff. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. So if you divide that up into every state, that's a lot of people that your veterinary clinics are suffering with trying to get by without. So that's mm-hmm. veterinarians, that's receptionists, that's managers, that's that right? So again, I know we've talked about this before, and mm-hmm. I just really need to keep beating the drum that we need to be sure that we're taking good care of the veterinary relationship that we have. And I just got off the phone with another colleague a few minutes ago talking about practice sales and how that's impacting the relationship people have with their veterinary clinic and how that changes everything. I know this is a rabbit hole really early in our conversation. (laughs) Here we go. I mean, you know, we do these rabbit holes, but I'm saying, squirrel, talk to me about this because this is a conversation that I have seen time and time and time again. I've had it with you. I've had it with my own personal veterinarian, the corporatization of veterinary clinics and how that is to the detriment of reproductive health, particularly in our dogs. 
Yeah, it does play a role in all aspects, but I think the reproduction part is especially difficult because a lot of the new graduates have been trained to come out of veterinary school with the impression that breeders are not good people and breeding dogs is a terrible hobby. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's really frustrating for people who have all the right intentions to breed healthy dogs to help these nice new graduates pay off their veterinary school loans. I don't really understand where they think healthy dogs are going to come from. Magic. Apparently, yeah, because, you know, the imported dogs, I mean, we've seen time and time again that not everybody, but sometimes people with rescue dogs are a little less committed to the dog and a little less willing to go the extra mile. So I think it's really important that we appreciate the relationship that you have with your veterinary clinic and their entire team and that you do have loyalty to them and that you don't take them for granted. You don't beat them up. And, you know, clients know when a sign goes up on the outside of a veterinary clinic, and I'm not going to mention any particular names. They say nothing's going to change, but everything does. Everything does. Yeah. As soon as the owner's not on site and present, it changes everything. It changes the relationship that you have. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that we keep those good relationships and that we keep our veterinarians happy and that they understand from talking to financial planners that you really are in a better financial place by keeping your practice than by selling to what looks like an attractive number. Because by the time you get done paying all the taxes and all the other things, and then you don't have the asset that you developed anymore. I mean, we spent 42 years developing this asset. I'm not just going to hand it off to someone that doesn't have the best interests of my clients and my staff in mind. So I think that's important. So yeah. take good care of your local veterinarian. And there are a couple things to kind of look at with this. I have some clients that are intensely loyal to our practice, would never think of going anywhere else. 100% of their care is done with us. Mm-hmm. And we have other clients that are like, you know, I want to keep a couple clinics sort of in my back pocket. Sure. Because if something happens that I can't get into the first one, then I want to know somebody else that can take care of us. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just shots. So I'm just going to go to the cheap place to get my shots. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Vaccinations are one of the most powerful medications we give to our patients. And if you think going to the cheap place that doesn't give the three-year vaccination, that doesn't understand your dog's health and breeding program and some of the other things, I think you're really missing out on that opportunity. So there are two ways to look at it. I'm not going to tell you it's a terrible idea to know more than one veterinarian, but just really be sensitive to the fact that my staff gets kind of insulted, to be really honest. They get Mm -hmm. a little put out by clients that come to us on the weekend or come to us for something that's really important, but they don't come to us for all their care. So think about how it looks from the veterinary team's perspective when you are making decisions on which phone number you're going to dial Mm -hmm. when you need veterinary assistance. Now, of course, at two o'clock in the morning, your options are limited, but the rest of the time you need to think about it. And talk a little bit more about, because I find myself in this situation. I have my clinic that I've gone to for a million years. During COVID, she got really shorthanded. It was impossible. Like I couldn't get in. And this is one of my dearest friends. Mm -hmm. And I developed another relationship. So I had somebody that I trusted that I could go to if I just plain could not get in to my primary here. Right. But it needs to be about trust and not about what's cheap or what's right. You have to really look to where the best medicine is being provided. So that's really important. And again, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, is take your veterinary staff goodies. Don't just think of them at Christmas time. When it's a nice day out, take them lunch and take your grill and go make hamburgers and brats for them. Or if it's a cold wintry day, take them pizza, you know, take them cookies. Just be really good to your veterinary team because it's not just the veterinarian, it's everybody on the team that makes it happen. And I hate to say this, but 
the person who comes in the door with warm chocolate chip cookies <laughs> has a special place in the heart of anybody that misses lunch on a regular daily basis because they can't get out of the exam rooms long enough. You know when you've been in the exam room too long and those snacks that you give to the dogs, the cheese balls and the ginger snaps and the peanut butter, you know when Start you make looking a peanut good. butter sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> when you make a peanut butter sandwich out of two ginger snaps with a jar that a dog's licked its tongue in, you know, you know, you've been in the exam room way too long. You know, that marshmallow fluff that they like. Yeah, that goes good on the ginger snap and the peanut butter, too. OK, so people, listeners, I'm just telling you, if Marty's <laughs> telling you these stories, they've happened. <laughs> they so, have. Just saying. When you're double dipping with the German Shepherd. Yeah, you're pretty hungry. OK, so preparedness. Let's get back on track. Yes. So have a good clinic that you can trust, that you're loyal to, and that Sometimes they'll bend the rules on how late they'll stay. Will they come back? You know, what are they going to do on a holiday or weekend? Sometimes they'll bend the rules if you're really good to them. And then know your emergency clinic options. We live where we have multiple emergency clinics, all equidistant, but none close to us. So I think you should call ahead, make sure that they've triaged your case. And before you get there, find out, are you going to be able to see my patient in a reasonable amount of time? Or am I going to be sitting in the parking lot with my car running in January for eight hours while you catch up with all the other cases? And we've had clinics that flat out have just shut down. They've just said, okay, our caseload is full for the day. Don't even come. So you need to call those places first so that you don't drive an hour the wrong direction and then turn around and go two hours the other way. So know those things in advance. A fourth thing is know your payment options. If you have pet insurance, great. If you don't have pet insurance, think about it. Get it. it might be a good time to have it, especially if you have a high risk patient. And if you don't have insurance, or even if you do, have your options to pay if you don't have cash flow. You need to have care credit, scratch pay, vet billing, one of those already lined up so that if you end up with a situation that they say to you, I can save your dog, but it's going to be $10,000, that you're not calling everyone you know to see if you can scrape together a little bit of money to do this. So plan ahead. GoFundMe doesn't happen in 10 minutes, people. No, no. And insurance is the safest way to go because they're going to cover things for you that you don't have any other way to cover. Trupanion, sorry, Trupanion. Yes, Trupanion, absolutely Trupanion. And they do have a breeder rider program. So mm -hmm. that's something to look into if you're interested in in that kind of situation. So please don't overlook the importance of insurance. If you need a CT scan or an MRI or your dog needs a foreign body removed and it's going to be $7,000, you don't have to stumble. You don't have to question. You just say, go do it and we'll figure it out. So just do it. Number five is poison control. There's a couple of good poison control services out there. They are not free because the free ones are for people that your tax dollars pay for. So they're really not free because your tax dollars are paying for them. On the veterinary side, you have to pay for it. They're under $100. There's a couple of good ones. ASPCA runs National Animal Poison Control. Pet Poison Helpline also has a good number. You want to call a place that has toxicologists on staff that are experienced, and they can tell you with the weight of your dog, the age of your dog, the breed of your dog, and what the dog got into, how much they ate. They can figure out in a dangerous situation or not. If they're not, they're going to keep you at home. So for under 100 bucks, you can stay home. If you are in danger, they can give you advice on what to do. And when you get to the veterinary clinic, if they say you need to go in, they will have a treatment care plan already established that your vet doesn't have to look up or pay for a second time. You get a case number, you tool in the door, you say, here's my case number, call them. The veterinary toxicologist hops on the phone with your veterinarian and there's a care plan, how much fluid to give, what antidote to give. Oh, wow. 
It's super great. And they've been around, ASPCA has been doing this for 40 some years because I've called them since my first year in practice. So it's an amazing service. They do have a cell phone app, have their phone number available so you're not scrambling around trying to find out what it is. Go download the app, people, right now. Go download the app. It takes about five minutes to get through to the toxicologist because you have to listen to their recording and then have your credit card number and then they take your information and then they put you through to a toxicologist. But once you're there, man, it is a game changer for, you know, okay, it was a minor exposure. You don't have to worry about it or, oh my God, this is serious. You need this, this, and this to happen. And of course you want to avoid toxins. So keep the grapes and the raisins put away. Don't leave your xylitol containing gum and candy sitting around. Don't leave your cannabis and your THC chews where your dog can get into them because dogs are attracted to those. Ibuprofen, they love the sugar coating on ibuprofen. If you drop a pill on the floor, they're going to scramble for it because they see you diving for it. So they're going to dive faster. So make sure you're really careful with all this stuff and be aware that there is a drug on the market now called Clevors that is administered as an eye drop. And you can have that from your veterinary clinic. It's a prescription item that can induce vomiting in your dog as an eye drop. So if your dog ingests something that they shouldn't, a sock, a pacifier, a battery. My girlfriend called me with one of my kids who just has a pregnant dog who was just confirmed, just had her ultrasound, definitely pregnant with however many, six tampons. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. Those cause obstructions. Those are bad. Yes. Yeah. And dogs will eat anything. Vomited them all up. That's good. Vomiting is better than having them get Mm. stuck so ask for Clevor if you have that golden retriever that can't keep their lips off your underwear. Just have it at home. And if you feel like the dog might have eaten something, give it. And apologize to the dog later if they vomit up nothing. But it's a way better thing to have. It's under $100. And I had one client recently spend $18,000 for a foreign body. So it's bad news. So just don't do it. And of course, our favorite canned spinach, we've talked about it many times. I just recommended it to somebody not too long ago. I can't remember what they ate. I'm like, canned spinach. Marty said so. Do it. Do it now. Yeah. So always have two cans of spinach and a tube of cleaver on your shelf because it's never at a convenient time. It's a snowstorm. It's the middle of the night. It's something. And you know, dogs always are going to find the worst time possible. And then number six is one of my very favorite things. And that's To have a mailbox on your deck, in your backyard, or wherever your dogs are let out that have all the tools in it that you need in case something catastrophic happens, like a choke chain gets around one of the other dog's tooth, and you can't just discombobulate it, you have a bolt cutter, you have whatever you happen to need, gloves or soap to make things slippery or whatever it is that your dogs do. I typically don't leave any collars on my dogs when they're out in the yard because of chains and links and the fence and all the things that can happen. But those things happen. I've had dogs lost to those things. So Mm -hmm. don't go running out to the garage to try and find that piece of equipment that you Mm -hmm. should have available. Just have a mailbox on your deck that has all this stuff and it's weatherproof and you Mm -hmm. are good to go. So that goes nicely with our first aid kit and our first aid classes that you can find on Venmo. We'll drop a link in the show notes. (laughs) Exactly. So we have a great, the ultimate first aid kit. We have all the stuff, have your cell phone charger in your car, have your gas. Don't run on fumes. You never know when you're going to need something. I've had clients call me and need to come in for a C-section and they're like, yeah, I'm two hours away, but I'm going to have to stop and buy gas. Okay, you had 63 days to plan for this, folks. So don't be buying gas when you're on your way to the vet. Have it ready to go. And then prevention, of course, travel with your dog in a crate. Don't just leave them loose in the car. Seatbelts don't cut it. Those little booster seats don't cut it. Dogs need to be in crates. Cats need to be in crates. And you need to have a leash. 
with you at all times in case something happens. If you find a dog on the side of the road, if something happens that you need to muzzle a dog, you know, any of those things, have that stuff ready. And then my friend, Deborah Hamilton, who I believe you've spoken with and her maps plan. So have your cell phone number on a card inside your driver's side window of your vehicle. So if somebody needs to call you, they don't break your window. They can see that you have your phone number there. They'll call you. Keep the crate doors in your crate open. If your dogs aren't in there and it's a hot day, don't let people walk past your car and think that there's a dog trapped inside the crate. So keep the crate doors open or off. Those rough, tough kennels, you can pop the crate doors right off. So we don't leave any of those crate doors on in our vehicle. Have the phone number so that if you are in a car accident, somebody can call someone to come and get your pets if they're with you. You don't want them to go to the shelter. So just kind of think through this stuff. If it could go wrong, it will. And someday it will. So be prepared for pretty much everything. Just because it hasn't yet doesn't mean it won't. Exactly. So that's kind of my general overview. And then we have a few suggestions here for the reproduction cases. It's really important for preventing the crisis at whelping that you've done progesterone levels so that you know when your female is due to have her puppies. You're going to avoid a lot of trouble. I know people are like, well, I don't need a progesterone. I can get her pregnant without that. Well, you possibly can, but you don't know when she's due. You don't know when she's going to need to get unpregnant. And so if you have a high-risk pregnancy, if you have something going wrong, you need a C-section, you need all that information. So plan ahead, do your progesterones. If you're super cheap, have them draw the blood, put the plasma or the serum in the freezer, and then run it if you need it. If you're that cheap, that you don't want to spend $100 on a progesterone test, whatever. But do plan ahead for those things so that you know exactly when she's due. Schedule C-sections. If you have a dog that has the potential for needing a C-section, get it on your vet's schedule. Don't call them 10 minutes before they close in a panic. Don't find out that she had a vaginal stricture when she's already in labor and there's a puppy stuck in the vaginal canal. You know, just kind of plan for this stuff. If you don't want to do a C-section scheduled, use WhelpWise. Go ahead and order the equipment. Get the Whelping Monitoring Contraction Service. Talk to me about WhelpWise. I've never used it. And I honestly don't know that I know anybody that has. So talk us through WhelpWise because that's just one. I got nothing on that. Yeah, there's two pieces of equipment that come from WhelpWise. One is the uterine contraction monitoring system. So it's a transducer, a small disc that's applied to the female's abdomen with an elastic strap. You put it on when she gets close to her due date for an hour in the morning, an hour at night, collect the data. How irritable is her uterus? Is she starting to have contractions? What's going on? And then during labor, they can monitor the contractions and tell you, are they effective? If they're not effective, should you give calcium? Should you give oxytocin? Are you in trouble? Do you have a log jam? Do you need to get in the car now and go to the vet? Or do you just need to be a little bit patient and things are going to be okay? They do a tremendous job. They're 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just a tremendous service. Now, some people find that the technology can be a little bit of a problem. It kind of stumbles, you know, if you're not real techie, Other people absolutely would never whelp without it. The other piece of equipment is their fetal Doppler. So that will allow you to monitor the heart rates of the fetuses before they're born. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, it doesn't tell you if you have a dead one. You can't tell if you still have one in there. But if you have them all alive, Mm -hmm. they can tell you, oh, wait, heart rates are starting to drop. Puppies are corrupting. You need to get into the vet or everything's cool. Mm -hmm. Give a little more calcium. Just be chill. Be okay. We'll walk you through this. They do a tremendous job. And do you have a ballpark? What is the cost of that, roughly? It's probably between five and 800 for the whole thing. For the, the whole for thing? The whole pregnancy, for the rental. That's like 25% of one puppy. Or less than a C-section. Way less than a C-section. So if it keeps you off the C-section table, if it keeps your bitch from having to have mm-hmm. surgery, it's great. 
it's a really nice service. You do have to order the equipment as soon as you confirm pregnancy because they have limited amounts of equipment. I own a piece and it is currently out with a client because she couldn't get it from Wildwise. So there are other ways around it, but it is a great service. Karen Copley runs that with her amazing team. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really valuable service. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. Revival Animal Health is a proud sponsor of Pure Dog Talk. As a dog breeder, it's not just a litter. It's your legacy. And your happy, healthy puppies represent your hard work and dedication. They show your commitment to your dogs, their heritage, and the next generation. You can rely on Revival to support every step of your breeding success, from parents to puppies. Breeders trust Revival to protect their females and get their pups off to a strong, healthy start. Revival's own reproductive and neonatal health brand, Breeders Edge, offers a complete line of breeding products from pregnancy to whelping and puppy care. Breeders rely on Revival's pet vaccine experts for vaccine selection and safe shipping to give their litters the protection they need. Revival's online pharmacy serves breeders with a wide variety of pet RX medications, plus a knowledgeable staff that's ready to answer any prescription questions. Grow your own healthy legacy with help from your partners at Revival Animal Health. Visit them at revivalanimal.com. Don't forget to tell them Pure Dog Talk sent you. Other times that you may want to schedule a C-section, if you have a litter of one or two puppies and it's a large breed dog, you probably need a C-section if it's a Shih Tzu and she has two puppies or a Papillon. That's kind of normal for them. But if you have a Golden Retriever and she has two puppies the size Texas, you're going to need a C-section. Chihuahuas. Yeah. We had a Golden Retriever that Dr. Zella x-rayed one day and he looks at it and he goes, oh my God, look at the size of that puppy. It looks like the Loch Ness Monster. So her name to this day is Nessie. So just you know, keep in cool. mind that. Or if you have a litter of right. more than nine puppies, you'll want a C-section because you're going to end up at some point losing puppies. And it's really a lot more fun to have live puppies than not to have live puppies. So the benefits of planning a C-section are you aren't going to end up at an emergency clinic that's going to hold your dog hostage and insist that you spay her. You have higher neonatal survival with scheduled C-sections than you do with emergency C-sections or whelping. Five to 6% are what we have for data. It is a little bit expensive to do a C-section and you might end up doing a surgery on a female that doesn't need it, but it's definitely a better place to be than being in trouble in the middle of the night with no regular vet clinic to call and nothing that you can do. When your female looks like she's going to go into labor or is in labor, call your vet clinic. Call them at 9.30 in the morning. So they know. They're keeping an eye on Heads up. Yep. They're keeping an eye on you. They're calling you. They're saying, how's it going? How many puppies do you have? You doing okay? Don't call them five minutes before they close and then come screaming in the door. That makes the staff a little frustrated because they have families, they have lives. They want to go to the grocery store and make dinner for their kids. They want to go to their soccer games. I mean, sure. These are real people. We sometimes forget that they are real people. I actually had one client come to the grocery store to find me one night because she knew I would stop there on my way home. Like, okay, I've been stalked. 
Okay, that seems like stalking <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. That's like a little bit over the top. Yes, yes. But these are very loyal clients that know my behavior patterns. So, oh my but they also know if they bring me chocolate oh chip gosh. cookies that I will perform for that. So you'll forgive them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll see section for cookies. I'm not sure that's the sign you want out. No, 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 no. We need a little more than that, but it gets you an appointment <laughs> a little sooner. So those are the things you need to know about oh, scheduling your C-section. Oh labor, it's normal for a female to be in labor, sometimes for several hours. As long as she's not pushing hard for more than two hours or you don't have green discharge, you can sit tight. And this is, again, where I need to really emphasize the importance of puppy count x-rays. You don't want to find out there was a puppy left behind three days after the bitch had the rest of the litter. So get your puppy count x-rays. And there are a couple of tricks that you can take to your veterinary clinic as some things that they can do to improve their puppy count. I just had a client here yesterday that went to elsewhere veterinary clinic, was told there were five puppies on the x-ray and she had five and then she had six and then she had seven and unfortunately lost some puppies in the process. So it's really important that you're working with a veterinary clinic that takes digital x-rays that will cooperate with you and you have to cooperate with them. So I make my appointments for my puppy count x-rays in the morning as much as possible because I want the girls to come in fasting and I don't want them starved. So bring them in fasting, have them get to the vet clinic far enough ahead of time that they can have a stool before they take the x-ray because food in the stomach and stool in the colon can make it very difficult to get an accurate puppy count. And when you get up to 12 puppies, you kind of need to have accuracy. I'm going to tell you personally, this is my own personal litter. I'm not going to talk about everybody else's litter. My last personal x-ray was 11 and I named number 12 Encore and number 13 Surprise. So just saying. So have them have a stool before they go. If they won't have a stool, take your matches out of your car, put a match in the dog. Yes, truly matches go in the rectum and that works. We use suppositories and matches. Sometimes it depends on the mood I'm in. Newspaper matches, please. And then get them to take two x-rays, one with her left side down and one with her right side down, because that makes the world a difference in seeing the right number of puppies. I can not tell you how many times we have x-rayed a dog and go, yep, there's seven. And then we roll her over to the other side and voila, there is eight. So once you get above 12, I'm going to cut veterinarians some slack for having a difficult time. I really wasn't complaining about my 11 to 13. I understand. At that point, it's literally Jenga. Like who could tell? And the thing people don't really understand is there's scatter during x-rays. So the bigger the abdomen, the more puppies there are, the less straight the beam goes through. So the more fuzzy the x-ray gets. So once you get to a certain number, it's not just the overlap of the puppies, it's the scatter of the x-ray beam. And we can't do anything about that. That's just the way x-rays work. So it's something to be aware of, but take the x-ray after day 55, go to a clinic that does digital And don't put your x-ray on Facebook and ask your friends how many puppies they see. This drives me completely insane because we take x-rays in DICOM images, which are high quality images, and Facebook, to make them load correctly, have to downgrade them to a crummy JPEG. And so you lose a lot of detail. So nobody on a Facebook picture is going to get an accurate count. If you don't trust your vet, find a new one. Don't ask your friend. I put them on Facebook to say... Oh my God, no. That's a different discussion. Not to ask anybody how many are in there, like too damn many. Like that's what I got. (laughs) And then of course, make sure you have all your supplies ahead of time. There's no 24-hour Walmarts anymore. There's no guaranteed next day delivery from Amazon or anybody else. FedEx, UPS, Postal Service, Amazon, they're all starting to implode. So you've got to have your stuff ordered ahead of time. You had 63 days, people. It wasn't a surprise. 
So get your stuff together. Keep it all in one place. I have a nice big ice chest at my house. I keep all my stuff in so it's clean. It's organized. I know where it is. I rotate the drugs so they're not updated. Make sure you have your calcium gel, please, the gel or the injectable. Tums are not going to cut it. Make sure you've got your oxytocin. Make sure you've got your incubator, your concentrator, all your supplies. Get your stuff together. You don't want to call Puppy Warmer and Ken at, you know, 4.55 on Michigan time and say, I've got puppies in trouble. I need you to ship me an overnight shipment right now. He will. Right. But in the meantime, you're losing puppies and you're losing your mind. So some of the rules are call your vet when she starts to go into labor. If you're seeing green discharge before the first puppy is born, you're in trouble. If you see excessive amounts of blood, you're in trouble. Get into the vet clinic. If she's weak or distressed, the female's weak or distressed, not you. You're going to be weak and distressed all the time. I'm always weak and distressed. So if she's not feeling well, call. If she's vomiting excessively, a time or two of vomiting is expected. But if she's vomiting excessively, get into the vet. If she's pushing for more than two hours on the first puppy or an hour on subsequent puppies, you're in trouble. If you can see the puppy and you can't get it out, you need help. You can lubricate well. You can put on some gloves. Those exfoliating gloves that people use for their skin, those get you a pretty good grip on puppies. So you can try and snag a puppy with that. If she's previously had problems, she may have problems again. 75% of C-sections are because of the dam. 25% are because of malposition or oversized puppies. Malposition meaning they come down one horn and instead of coming into the cervix, they decide to take a U-turn and go up into the other horn. Anasarca, walrus puppy, you know, some of those things happen. So just be aware that there are just going to be sometimes that you need to go in. And if your gut says something's wrong, call. If one of my clients calls and says, I can't put my finger on it, but something's not right here. You know what? Get in the car, man. ADR, we call that ADR. Ain't doing right. So get there because I trust your instincts. So have your ice cream, vanilla for the dog, Rocky Road for you. Have your calcium, have the oxytocin, have your supplies, have your five-hour energy for puppy resuscitation. Have all your stuff together. I thought that was for me. No, no, it's for the puppy. (laughs) We use five-hour energy on the puppy's tongue if they're not breathing effectively. Like a drop? A couple drops, yeah. Yeah, just those little bottles, not the big drink, the little bottles. And I have people look at me and go, where do you buy that? Well, if you ever bought gas, you probably the gas station. (laughs) Maybe you don't put gas in your car. I don't know. And do you use the acupuncture point below the nose? I use a daily mucus trap and a bulb syringe first and get the airway clear because you don't want them to try and inhale with gunk in their airway. So clear out the airway, give them caffeine if they're not breathing the the five-hour energy, and then I'll use the acupuncture point. And on rare occasion, I will use Dopram or Doxapram. Once the airway is cleared and the puppy's 10 minutes old, and if it's still not breathing, then you sometimes need to jump in with that. And if you're trying to get a puppy out and you're not being successful vaginally, you can sometimes with a glove on go in rectally and get just a little further ahead of where you can get your fingers into with a vaginal approach. Put her front feet on a chair or a flight of stairs, have somebody help you hold her, reach in rectally and see if you can get behind the head of the puppy or behind the hips of the puppy and just kind of pass it into the opposite hand. And many times that's enough to get it going. So those are my little tricks to keep you out of the emergency. Somebody was just on social media talking about the woods maneuver. Go. Yeah. There's a few things you can do. You can do feathering. So basically you Mm -hmm. put your fingers with gloves on, please people, and do some stroking on the underside of the tail. Sometimes just pushing a little bit inside the vaginal wall underneath the tail. Sometimes just rubbing her belly on the side on her abdomen. That's usually 
I will actually stroke it, literally stroke and like push, like you're going this way, darling. Right. And that's enough to irritate an already irritable uterus to improve the contractions. Mm -hmm. And don't use oxytocin willy-nilly. Use very conservative amounts. Welpwise has shown us that we need tiny, itty-bitty little doses. We don't want the uterus to go slam down around the puppy and shrink wrap it. We want it to have nice waves of contraction. And small doses get us that. Big doses don't. The big doses will slam the uterus shut. And then as it starts to wear off, then the uterus starts to contract. So you're under the impression you actually made it better. Once you give an oxytocin injection, if you gave the right dose and it's going to be effective, you should see results in five to seven minutes. It's really fast. So if you've given a lot and it took 20 or 30 minutes, it's because you gave too much. So don't read the label on the bottle. That's a cow label. Can you do a, just off the top of your head, a per pound on oxytocin? I do a about 0.01 cc's per 40 pounds. It's a very small dose. So if you have a 10 pound dog, it's going to be 0.025 cc's. You need those tiny TB syringes, not your big three cc syringe that you vaccinate dogs with. You need a tiny little TB syringe. So just be you know, really, really conservative on how you use oxytocin because too much will get you into trouble. And make sure that you know that you don't have a puppy stuck so you don't explode the uterus. Right. Never give it before the first puppy is born. Never give more than two doses in 20 minutes. Never get it if she's already in hard labor, she's already pushing, you're not going to make it better. There's a whole bunch of never rules and I can send them to you. My never ever touch this oxytocin this mm-hmm. way rule. Mm-hmm. But people just tend to be over exuberant in their use because, you know, if a little is good, more is better. Not the case. Right. Right. And I think, you know, so many veterinarians that I've interacted with today won't even give you oxytocin to deal with on your own. They're like, nope, you're going to be crazy with it. I'm not doing it. So I tend to send mine out in pre-measured syringes so that you really, you know. You can't screw this up, do this once. Uh, Exactly. And I hate to say that you can't trust everybody, but sometimes at two o'clock in the morning, it seems like a good idea and it turns out not to be. So we lose judgment. We really don't have good ability to make good judgment when we're sleep deprived. Well, unless you're used to, like you are, operating under that level of duress, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a psychological thing that happens. Like you lose your ability to concentrate and focus. And unless that is actually your job and you're like an emergency person, you shouldn't be trying to do that. I am a super huge believer in trained professionals. Me, I love me a trained professional. Yeah, I completely agree. So have a veterinarian on your side that's willing to work with you. There are great veterinarians out there that like to work with breeders. Find yourself one. So you drive two hours. Find yourself one. It's not that far. Okay. Dog show people will drive for eight hours to go to a specialty for four seconds in front of the judge. But then you won't drive two hours to get to a really great veterinarian. Are you kidding me? I just sent my kid eight hours driving from Iowa to Wisconsin to do the breeding. So I'm just saying I'm down with this. All right. So we have short, short time. Give me a really quick recap on the NAIA conference. Just overall, how did it go? How do you like it? What do you think for next year? We don't have next year planned yet. We don't have a date. We don't have a time. We don't have a topic. This year was great. As always, Patty has an amazing ability to put together a conference that really flows beautifully. We heard everything from how fish are caught in the Amazon River Basin and how it supports hundreds of families for these beautiful fish that are the tropical aquarium fish to come in and how Mm -hmm. they've been able to sustain the ecosystem and families and the importance of that with really beautiful, healthy fish compared to the ones that are being grown in other countries. 
We learned about the reptiles and some of the struggles that those people have. We learned about pet ownership and how many people own reptiles, birds, fish. It's truly amazing the number of people that don't just have furry little creatures. Temple Grandin, of course, was brilliant, has always talked a lot about our educational mm-hmm. system, about our livestock raising, a lot of really great data. She has a new book, Thinking in Pictures is the subtitle. Visual Thinking, I think, mm-hmm. is the name of the book that explains yeah different kinds of learning styles and how people that are autistic think and function Mm -hmm. differently. We talked about how commercial breeding has really evolved over the last 10 or 12 years and Mm -hmm. how few pet stores we have left anymore and how much of a deficit we have for a dog supply. In this country, if we simply do dog replacement, we need 8 million dogs a year. And we're currently, as AKC breeders, only producing around 1.2 million. And it is estimated 1.2 million are coming into the country illegally, but that's probably a far understated number. So the Healthy Dog Importation Act and the importance of how that's going to be, how to work with your legislators. All in all, Patty always puts together just an amazing meeting. She tries to move it around the country so people in different parts of the country have the opportunity to attend. There's always a core group of the same people that are there and then a more regional group. We met a lot of your poodle friends, a lot of your Dalmatian friends from yes. the Northwest. Yes. My friend, our patron, Sandy MacArthur, I know was there and just absolutely was giddy. So. Yeah. And the people there are just great. We have great social interactions, wonderful meals, great time. We were right on the Columbia River. It was beautiful. I don't know if we'll be back in Florida next year, or if we'll pick an airport mm-hmm. hub. We haven't decided what we're going to do yet, but it's always a great meeting. So as soon as you see that it's... Be on the lookout, yeah. people. Be on yeah, the lookout. I was so sad that finally it's in my backyard yeah. and I'm judging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was very sad. But AKC is doing some really cool stuff too. They've got some new DNA stuff yes. that's coming and they are working really hard. There's a podcast for that. And they're working really hard to get educational events around the country. We did International Kennel Club. Podcast for that too. Yep. We were there in Chicago in January. And then they're going to do Houston in July. I said, really, could we do Chicago in July and Houston in January? That would work better for me. So much better. Yeah. They didn't ask me for that. I know. But we're going to do Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Meet the Breeds, I think, if you guys heard the podcast that we just did not too long ago with Aaron Myers and Vanessa Scow. Yeah really proud of the American Kennel Club right now. Like, I feel like there's a lot of great people doing really good work. Yes. You know, I just, I feel like they're really, really, really putting some major effort forward and it makes me very happy. Yeah. The Seaman Preservation Bank, that's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So there's some really great stuff coming. Carmen Battaglia was there and spoke about the puppy neurological stimulation and where that super puppy. So really just an outstanding conference. There's never a loss of great information. So if you haven't been to one, Mm -hmm. I would really encourage you to keep an eye on the calendar. And of course, the NIA has their other website as well for their legislative alerts. So sign up for that and be aware of what's happening in your community so that you can step up ahead of the time that legislation is passed that's going to be damaging to your opportunity to own dogs. So stay alert, people, and take good care of your veterinarians. Stay alert. The world needs more alerts. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Well, Marty, thank you. As always, you are a gift and a treasure, and I appreciate you tremendously. Thank you very much. All right, crew. I hear from folks pretty much daily asking for a specific topic or for a series of podcasts on a topic. So ask and you shall receive. (laughs) I've done all the hard work. I've sorted, searched, and compiled eight different albums. 
from the archives on our most popular topics. And when I say there's a podcast for that, I ain't just a woofin. Getting yours today is super simple. Just jump on puredogtalk.com backslash store and click the PDT albums image. And when you're in there, you're going to find a collection of veterinary voices. You're going to find a collection for breeding and whelping hands-on. You'll find Pure Dog Talk University on dog breeding. Love the breeds. Up your game. Owner handlers, the interviews, events and sports. There is so much there. And once you're in those links, you'll be able to read the details of the topic. For a special introductory price of a buck ninety-nine, you get a link to dozens, up to more than a hundred episodes on these specific topics. And while you're there, if you or a friend or family member are just getting started, even just starting a search for your first well-bred purebred dog, you can also check out Auntie Laura's Beginner's Guide to Show Dogs at puredogtalk.com backslash book to get the foundational Pure Dog Talk episodes with bonus tracks. So hop on it, y'all. These special prices will not last. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our dog show superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.